This is In the Studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepard. Welcome to our program coming to you from Franklin, Tennessee. And what a wonderful place to come and spend some time in worship and prayer together. And that's what we're going to do in the broadcast today, Michael. Yeah, we're preparing our hearts for the National Day of Prayer. So uh, we have some, uh, we're going to do some uh, praying at the end of the show. And uh, in the first half here, we're going to talk to Don Wurtzen and, and talk about devotion and the overflow of the heart and uh, uh, prepare our hearts for this uh, important day that's coming up. I really am looking forward to our hour together in the studio here with Michael and friends. Don Wurtzen, welcome. Hey, it's great to see you, Wayne and Michael. Uh, I have uh, known you, Don, through the years, and we've talked several times, but I didn't put the two of you together until recently. What have you worked on together? Oh, we, we worked on a lot of things. Um, my my Don Worson story is uh, uh, being— uh, I'm afraid to hear this. No, 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 no. This is not going to hurt at all. Uh, <laughs> I just, just started making uh, records and uh, was in Grand Rapids and, of course, had, had uh, grown up uh, singing uh, Don's arrangements in, uh, in choir and church. And uh, got to be friends, got to know each other. But typically, this is what would happen. I'd go, and he and I would go to record stores together and flip through, and he'd say, have you heard this? Have you heard this? Of course, I hadn't heard anything. (laughs) We were great listeners. Uh, Then we'd go back to his house, and he would say, now listen, see how he does that? Or (laughs) see how the strings, you know, do this or that? And it was an amazing education that... Um, did meant more to me than I could say. Most of all, that someone of his stature would have invested time in me. It meant a lot to me, Don. Thank you. Well, you know, I remember working on those lullaby projects with you, mm-hmm. Sleep mm-hmm. Sound in Jesus. It was such a serene and beautiful. Yeah, it's been so popular with he people through the years. He used hammer and dulcimer, I think, and recorders, and I got to write like string quartets. Yeah. And I don't know that anybody's ever done that quite that way yeah. in the Christian music field. <laughs> we had we had a blast. Don, one records. of your books you've written is on the Psalms. A musician looks at the Psalms. That's on my uh, my desk at home. I'll pick that up from time to time just for devotional reading. That's very rich. Thanks for asking about that. Uh, it's actually being reprinted this year oh, by is it? Broadman Holman. I didn't know that. And I've just written some new essays on worship and music to go with my commentary on the Psalms, which is really a daily devotional for every day of the year mm-hmm. based on all 150 Psalms. Michael, it was really an ambitious project. That is. It took me like three years to write it, like working every day on it. Well, but, you know, we've got wow. Don Wurtzen sitting right at the piano here in the studio. It's it scary, seems, isn't it? It seems like such a waste not to hear that uh, <laughs> this man play the piano. Don, you want to play just something, a little something for us here? And Sure, I'd love to. I, I was telling Michael... Uh, Lately, I've been having my devotions at the piano. I heard Twyla Paris tell me that one time. Wow. That she has her devotions at the piano, and I've thought, well, it sure works well for her. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure it works well for you, Uh too. But I was just recently uh, intrigued by this verse in Psalm 63.1, which goes, Oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Mm-hmm. You know, David, the chief musician of the Old Testament, was out on the Judean desert, and he knew what it was like to be really thirsty. Mm-hmm. And it's really a metaphor, I think, for modern life, because so many of us are living for other people, other things, other pursuits, than following hard after God. And so I set this to music in a, in a little song that nobody's ever heard. I just brought, brought it over today, mm-hmm. called My Soul Thirsts For You. And it just basically sets Psalm 63, 1 to music. So why don't I just play a few bars of that? Just turn to the keyboard there. Thank you, Don.
Mm-hmm. The first time ever. Don Wurtson, thank you. First time ever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't sing, Wayne, but at home, you know, I'll kind of sing in my falsetto voice and <laughs> play on my synth. And huh. I think in music, you have to actually do something like move your your arms a little bit or <laughs> sing along. You whatever. know, Michael, watching Don play that, I was just thinking how naturally that comes to someone who's whose gift is music, yeah, and how naturally worship goes hand-in-hand hand with that gift. But that really ought to be what characterizes our worship what in life, the, the fact that it goes hand-in-hand hand with who we are. Ab- yeah, absolutely. And and so for, for everyone, it's not going to be composing a new melody. For some people, it may be a mercy gift. It may be, be gardening. For my wife, I think it's gardening. Mm-hmm. That's almost worship for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you experienced that, Don? Sure. My yeah. wife loves to garden, too. Yeah. And obviously that that's an intimate connection with the Lord. Yeah. I think worship is intimacy. I think that that's what we're all craving. I mean, you can go into the etymology of it, worthship, you know, worthscopy from the old Anglo-Saxon. Mm. Worth, W-O-R-T-H, whatever is of supreme worth to you. Mm-hmm. But I think it's easy to get caught up in theological formulations and abstractions right. that worship is ascribing to God's supreme worth. But worship is really intimacy. Mm-hmm. And I, I once read the great writer Chesterton said, when a young man stands at the door of a brothel, what he's really looking for is God. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we usually don't think in terms that worship is really intimacy. And I used to think there were worshipers and non-worshippers. But I think everybody's a worshiper. I think we're hardwired to worship. Mm-hmm. The difference is in what the object of our worship is. Mm-hmm. And I think when the object of our worship is the Lord, there's obviously a whole supernatural, divinely revealed dimension to that. Mm -hmm. But I find music is such a beautiful marriage between cultivating intimacy with the Lord and this glorious art form, which I think is the greatest of all the art forms because it speaks to us on so many levels at once. It isn't just an intellectual thing or even just an emotional thing or just a physical thing. Mm. Your whole being is really involved in the music Mm -hmm. experience. Mm. Well, Don, you've given us a little glimpse at uh, what devotions are like for you at the piano. Do you you, uh, also pray while you're playing sometimes, maybe? I do. I I don't mean to give the impression that I always have my devotions at the piano. Sure, we know. I have everything set up with a little workstation and my computer and my sense, so everything's (laughs) kind of nearby. Actually, I work for myself so that one of the things I do just about every morning as I drive out into the country, I live in Brentwood in the suburbs, but within five minutes I can be in beautiful country like here, rolling Mm -hmm. hills with Mm -hmm. horse farms, and and I pray out loud in my car Mm -hmm. and just kind of start off the day that way. I think some of the farmers think I'm a little crazy, but I belong (laughs) to the farmers' consortium. Uh-huh. Anyway, <laughs> but I just pray uh, about, actually, I pray a little a little three-part form, almost like a little sonata. I pray for my relationship with the Lord first, which is the whole spiritual dimension. And then I pray for my domestic relationships, mm-hmm. uh, my family and my wife and my kids and my grandkids, and extending from that to my extended family and my friends. And then I pray about my work, which is my vocational thing. Mm-hmm. And I just seem to fall into that, which also happens to be the outline to Ephesians, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, that, that's just, I find it very helpful to, to be looking at beautiful scenery and nature while I'm praying. Yeah. And here in Tennessee, we have some gorgeous country, but like I was down in Gulf Shores, Alabama a few days ago, and I walked the beach and did the same thing and looked at the glorious Gulf of Mexico, Mm -hmm. that perfect horizon line. I think Christians would be more creative as novelists, as as makers of cinema and and music and everything, if they would get more in touch with worshiping the Lord in his creation. That's right. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think we've made it pretty much a theological, academic kind of a thing. And I'm all for theology. I think that's where the answers are. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if it's just pure academic theology without really living your life with some style, then you've missed it, I think. Mm -hmm. I call it nurturing your soul. Mm -hmm. And even if I weren't a Christian, I want to nurture my soul through great music and nature. But I think it's sad that Christians who really have this relationship with Christ often neglect nature and art and music and great literature, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we who have such an an, an amazing connection to nature, 
you know, don't use that as a vehicle for praising him when the Bible uh, clearly makes that connection. You know, the heavens declare the glory of God, that sort of thing. The earth is yeah. full of his glory. Yeah. What is that, Psalm 19, I think? 90, 91 oh, is 91, one of them. 91, yeah. yeah. And Romans 1, Paul picks that up, too, about the creation. But the Psalms are just loaded with uh, allusions to, to nature and also to great emotion, you know, to... There are far more laments in the Psalms, you know, real outpourings of depression and discouragement and despair than there are passages about praise. Hmm. And in my book, I talk about the praise being like the diamond that's showcased against the the black velvet curtain of all this despair and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were right. That is Psalm 19. I should have known better than to say, there's my dyslexia. I thought it was Psalm 91, but it was 19. Well, remember, Michael, yeah. dyslexics have more enough. <laughs> well, we are coming up on the National Day of Prayer, so it's appropriate that we would have this conversation here today. And, and as we said earlier, we're looking to spend some time in prayer right here in the studio in the second half of the program mm-hmm. today. Um, Don, you, you have, um, I'm not sure what the word is, you have led us, you've You've helped us, oh, uh, facilitated, the, facilitated yes. us in worship for so many years yeah. with so many wonderful melodies. And one that is incredible is Finally Home. Uh, how many times have we heard Finally Home through the years? Well, I, I wish we heard more hymns about heaven, uh, not hymns, but more sermons about heaven. We don't hear a lot about it for some reason mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. But that song, uh, I wrote at Dr. Criswell's house. In Dallas, he was that great Southern Baptist yes, preacher. Who recently went to be with the Lord. And mm-hmm. uh, it was sung at his funeral, but uh, it's really a song about heaven. And I think, you know, the key to living life is to learn how to face your own death, because the Lord is not only the key to life, but he's the key to death. As mm-hmm. I know, Michael, you've shared with me about your professor, Dr. Lane. Mm-hmm. Didn't he call you and say, I want to teach you how a righteous man dies? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And this song pictures heaven this way, but just think of stepping on shore and finding it heaven, of touching a hand and finding it God's, of breathing new air and finding it celestial, mm. of waking up in glory and finding it home. Mm. I find when I'm traveling, I'll wake up and I don't know where I am. <laughs> and I think what that song says is that when you finally get there, you're going to feel at home You'll for know the it. first You'll time. Know it. We know the words so well. Would you play it for us? Love to. Finally home, downwards in the studio.
Wow, thanks, Don. Hmm. Uh, when thinking about uh, uh, the two themes we've been talking about, heaven and worship, I think there's one scene that comes to mind from Scripture. We were talking about it earlier uh, and how it is a choral moment. Only uh, it's a pretty, Revelation 5. Yeah, it's a pretty big choir. Well, I hate to see churches get rid of their choirs because I think they're one of God's favorite groups. Mm. (laughs) And that choir in Revelation 5 is millions upon millions of angels joining the saints. And that's future. That's not even contemporary. That's 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 ahead of us. That's as contemporary as you get, isn't it? Yeah, right. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And and until you said that, I had never thought about that moment really being a choral moment. Well, I'm not really against worship teams or anything. No, I don't no, want to no. mislead people. No, no. But I just think we should use all these things because we've got they're like colors on a palette. Yeah. You know, you've got choirs and worship teams and synths and acoustic pianos like your lovely mm-hmm. piano here. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't say, well, I'm going to go all into synths and, and get duct tape and flashing lights and, right. <laughs> and forget the acoustic <laughs> instruments. <laughs> but so often the church just kind of gets out of balance and... Where I come from, where I was born in New York, we call that, you know, the latest shtick. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. what's the latest thing coming down? What's the next big thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and too often it it is. It's, it's, uh, it's um, oh, what's the word? It's imitative of what's oh, going on in the world, too. And reactive. Too. Yeah, yeah. But you blended together finally home with worthy as the lamb. And, Michael, you referred to that in Revelation. Yeah. Let's, let's turn to that, where yeah. that comes from in Revelation. Well, why don't we turn to Revelation 5? And and read that passage, and then and then Don can reprise for us the melody that he wrote based on this text. Please, Is that like okay, idea. Don? Sure, I'd love yeah. to. Will you read it, Mike? Yeah. I'll start uh, with verse 11. This is the choir. This is the outline of the choir that he referred to earlier. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang... Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and praise and glory. And here's the rest of the choir. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Worthy is the Lamb. hear the thousands of voices in that choir and the millions of angels. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Don Wurtson, thank you for being with us in the studio and leading us in worship. And we're, we're going to spend some time in prayer on the program today. I thought that was the perfect it's introduction. It's wonderful to be with you yeah. all. And thanks thanks for the, the faithfulness over the years and, and all the hard work that I know has gone into the work you've done. Faithful man, be encouraged. Your encouragement to all of us. Great to be with you. Thank you.
Michael will be moving into a time of prayer in just a few moments with our guests here in the studio. But first, let's answer this question, which comes to us from a listener who wishes to remain anonymous. This person says, I don't have a question about the Bible, but could use some scriptural advice. It is hard for me to forgive a person that is very close to me. I've been hurt so many times over the years. Just how do I continue to forgive 70 times 7? Well, that is a question about the Bible, though. They said they don't have a biblical question, but that's what uh, Scripture is all about. I mean, ultimately, is you know, where can forgiveness be found, whether it's forgiveness for ourselves or the, the ability to forgive other people? True. And the context of that we, we found, was it what, Matthew 7? Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22. Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Yeah. And no, Jesus replied, 70 times seven. Where was the seven times coming from in Peter's mind? Well, it, I think that was a rabbinic uh, sort of, ju- you know, in common usage in Judaism. Uh, okay. You're required to forgive this many times. Okay. And, and Jesus said, you know, 10 times and more. Is yeah. Essentially, saying. Jesus says there's no limit, you, yeah. you know. But I think the real passage that uh, sheds light on this is the Luke 7 passage uh, when Jesus uh, is in the home of the Pharisees. And I think this is, 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 is close to... Uh, the perfect answer to the uh, question as as you can come. Let me just read that passage. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. (laughs) You have judged correctly, Jesus said, which is a very rabbinic thing to say. (laughs) Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, and I love this, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, which is is a horrible sort of uh, violation of etiquette. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss. But this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she's poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, her many sins, have been forgiven, for she loved much. And here's the principle right here. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. Hmm. Now, I think when when a, uh, someone asks, gee, you know, I'm really having trouble forgiving someone, especially like the like the uh, the the person that sent the email, especially someone who's close to you, and and oftentimes, you know, and we're in a situation where we know we're never going to hear I'm sorry. There's never going to be that sort of or you hear I'm sorry over and over again. Yeah, and, and, it, mean it. yeah and it means nothing, which is just as bad or perhaps worse. But I think the the key is in this passage where uh, Jesus reminds us that. Uh, where our forgiveness comes from is a re- realization of how much we've been forgiven of. And you're only going to get that when you walk with Jesus. I mean, only in the light of who Jesus is and what he means are you going to realize uh, the tremendous weight of sin that's been forgiven in your life. And that, that frees you up to forgive other people, whether you know they ever say they're sorry or whether they're, they're ever going to change uh, their lives or not. So, you know, that's what I would encourage uh, the person who uh, who emailed us that uh, that really good question. Mm-hmm. Get in touch with how much you have been forgiven of by Jesus. Get in touch with Jesus. And that's where you find the strength or the grace uh, to then turn and uh, forgive someone else. Does that make sense? Yes. And yeah. it's kind of like taking up your cross daily because mm-hmm. this is something we're going to have to do every day right. to keep uh, feeding on the Word, to be reminded how much we've been forgiven so that we can turn around and offer that right. forgiveness. That, that's the only place that that sort of forgiveness can come from. Well, Michael, the topic we've just talked about, forgiveness, uh, once again, leads right into an important aspect of prayer here in a few moments. I think it's the best thing to do to begin our times of prayer, asking for God to mm-hmm. forgive us. Jesus says, someone who's had a bath 
uh, only needs to wash their feet from mm-hmm. time to time. And he says that we're clean because of his word. I mean, we, we're forgiven. We stand before God with the righteousness of Christ, yes. But uh, I think through daily prayer, uh, we invite Jesus to come and, and wash our feet with the water of his word. And, and it's only then that we're prepared to go before the Lord and, and uh, spend that time with him, and enjoy his presence, which really is what prayer and worship is all about. In just a few moments, we'll open the door of the studio here and ask our friends to come in. We'll be uh, praying with Dr. Ben Johnson and Mm -hmm. Richard and Roberta Wallace. Now, uh, Dr. Ben and Richard are two members of the Empty Hands Fellowship, uh, a group that meets to pray very often here in in Franklin. Ben was the first uh, black teacher at Moody. He taught uh, the Old Testament there for, you know, more than 20 years. And and Ben is a man of prayer. He's he is uh, in every sense uh, a prayer warrior. Richard uh, also has retired to pray uh, after he uh, left his his uh, a job in uh, northern Wisconsin and moved here to Franklin, Tennessee. That's what Richard does. He prays and he helps to teach other people how to pray. And as well, his his wife, Roberta, who will be with us, is is a wonderful prayer warrior. So I'm looking forward to that time together, uh, just to, really to hear them pray. I, I, you never know someone as well as when you hear them pray. Mm. Interesting. We will be following an outline that's familiar to many people. It's uh, simply known as the Acts a method, if you will. Mm-hmm. If there's a method, it's uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Mm-hmm. We'll be uh, we'll be praying along those lines. And I love the structure of that. That supplication comes last, because mm-hmm. for too many of us, myself included, that's all prayer is. Uh, it's a list. You know, you we go before God and we ask Him for things, and uh, there's not that time of confession. There's not that time of simply being before God. I think that's the part of prayer that that God longs for is that shared presence, uh, that time where we 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 simply come before Him and and are with Him. Uh, that's the sort of prayer life we see Jesus uh, revealing in the Gospels. Uh, that's where I want to go in my prayer life. And I hope that's the desire of all of us. Well, you're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. Coming up in the second half of the broadcast, we'll have an opportunity to practice some of the things we've talked about as we take the time to pray. Now, if you're not able to stay with us, you'll want to join us online for the audio archive to this week's program. We're easily found on the web at www.michaelcard.com. Online, you'll find out all about this broadcast and Michael's ministry. To get in touch with us with your Bible questions and prayer requests, send us your email. Our address is in the studio at michaelcard.com. And after this break, it's time to pray in the studio here on the Moody Broadcasting Network. enjoyed that song, Heal Our Land. And we've talked a lot about prayer mm-hmm. on the first half of the program today. Let's spend this half of the program actually in prayer together. Can we do that? Yeah, we could. And and we have uh, three of uh, my closest friends and three of the, the greatest prayer warriors mm-hmm. I know who are with us here in the studio. We want to invite them uh, for a concert of prayer. They have been with us previously, but they are Dr. Ben Johnson and Richard and Roberta Wallace. So welcome to all of you. Let's just enter into a time of prayer. We're going to follow a simple outline. Uh, many people call it the Acts uh, way, you know, mm-hmm. adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And let's uh, let's do that now. Let's begin with prayers of adoration. And uh, Richard, would you start our time together, please? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we just come before you today with love and joy, and we're so thankful for the peace that you have given us. You have let us walk deeper in the light of Jesus only by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and through the cross and our salvation. Lord, we love you so much, and we adore you, and we praise you, and we honor you and glorify you, and we just exalt you, Lord Jesus, for all that you have done for us. We are sinful creatures, but through the blood of Christ, we have been made pure. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Father, we come to you again. It's such a joy to know that we're in your presence. And in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we come to you and we are accepted. And the Lord is with us as we come before you, Father. And to know that you, the great God of eternity, would take time to come down on earth to tell us to listen to your Son. Mm. What are we worth to you, Father, that you'd come to us? Mm. And then, Lord Jesus, you came to us to live among us. And then, Holy Spirit, you came also to live in us. Mm. Oh, we adore you, Father. We exalt you, Lord Jesus. Mm. It is such a thrill that we can talk to you anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And we always say we love you so much. And we thank you for taking time that through all your great universe and all the great eternity, yet you take time to come down to us. And anytime during the week, we can say, Father, and your voice, our voices, touch your ear. Mm -hmm. We can say, Father, and you smile. We mm -hmm. are your children. And Father, we adore you that in this you gave us to your son as a love gift. Yes. Mm -hmm. We adore you. And Lord Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, our Redeemer, our friend, you, and we can call you, you called us your brother, Mark 3.35. What a tremendous blessing and what a tremendous honor that you, Lord Jesus, would call us brother, sister, and Lord, right now in your name we come before the Father to commune with you, Father, to commune with you, Lord Jesus. And may we never forget we are never out of your presence, Father. Lord Jesus, we are never out of your presence. Spirit of God, we thank you. We praise you. Thank you for who you are to us. Now bless us afresh yes, as you pray in your presence right now. Yes. Holy, holy, holy. Lord, those, those words, I wonder if we even understand what they mean. Lord God, you are worthy of our praise. You are holy. You are merciful. You are just. All of those things that have such depth, and yet I wonder if we really understand, and yet we can come into your presence in this quiet time and just tell you we love you. We're mm -hmm. here to worship you. Yes. yes. We mm -hmm. thank you for your son. We thank you for all you have done for us. Lord, might we just get a better grip on who you are mm -hmm. because only when we realize who you are with all of your sovereign power, when our view of you is what it needs to be, that changes everything about our life. It changes how we view everything. Lord Jesus, just draw us into a, a closer view of an almighty, sovereign, all-powerful God who created the world and sustains it by his word. Thank you, Jesus. We invite our listeners right now to pray your own prayers to the Lord as even as you listen to these prayers here in the studio today. I'm thinking of our need to confess our sin. Mm. Um, John says, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar mm -hmm. and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. The word convicts us of our sin. Let's, mm. let's enter into a, a time of uh, prayers of confession. Mm. Michael? Mm. Father, we come to you uh, not with clean hands or clean hearts. Mm. We come to you to be cleansed, and we open our lives to you, Lord, uh, to be washed clean with your blood mm. to, uh, so that we might speak and be acceptable. Mm. Um, but even in this, Lord, we can't but not uh, worship and, and thank you and praise you uh, for shedding your blood so that we might be clean. But we do acknowledge uh, that we can't 
not not sin. Uh, and we've sinned in so many ways by the things that we've done and the things we've left undone, mm. uh, by the words that uh, we have spoken and by uh, the kind words that we've left unspoken that we should have uh, given voice to. We, we, we cannot not sin. And so we come to you in that frustrated, fallen uh, brokenness and confess, Lord, that if you didn't give us breath, we, we, couldn't, we wouldn't even be praying to you. Mm-hmm. So we come to you absolutely needy, absolutely needy, uh, empty, and, uh, and ask, Lord, that you would forgive us. We know that you're faithful and just, and you've done everything uh, possible uh, so that we could come to you as your children, as your sons and your daughters. And we ask that that might happen now uh, in this small room and within so many small rooms and automobiles and places where uh, these prayers are being heard, that uh, you would prick our hearts, that we would become aware of our our sinfulness so Mm. that we could be all the more grateful and all the more loving for having been forgiven so completely by you. Yes. Yes. Father, we thank you for giving us things to do that we have been brought together through the Holy Spirit to be a part of the body of Christ. And Father, we thank Thee for giving us things to do in ministry and song and preaching and teaching and lecturing. But Father, we confess, I confess that because of the urgency, because of the need of people hurting, discouraged, despondent, we spend so much time in helping people. We cheat you. We rob you of your time. We set aside time to worship and to pray. And then, Lord, we steal that time to help someone else out because of such a need. But, oh, Father, we confess that we know that good is the worst enemy of best. Mm-hmm. And, Father, we confess that uh, we have so much concern. We know that you care. We know that you know what's going on. Therefore, we kind of let it slip by sometimes prayer, sometimes thanksgiving. And, Lord, you don't mind us, but you do want some communion. Mm-hmm. You don't mind us praying. You don't mind us preaching. But, Lord, when we rob you of communion with you, Father, with you, Lord Jesus, so we confess that this has happened so much and help us afresh to be prompted by you, Holy Spirit, to cause us to take time, make time, keep time to commune with you. Mm-hmm. And, and then adding to it thanksgiving and, and with, with praise, sing songs of praise to you and, mm-hmm. and quote scripture to you about what you mean to us. And Father, many times we're going to make a whole day we have helpful. We pray for them, but haven't taken time with you. Oh, help us as your children to take time be with our Father. Help us as laborers. Lord Jesus, give you some time of communion and fellowship. Oh, help us to stop robbing you, cheating you out of communion time, Lord. We thank you for your gracious forgiving us, your mercy, your compassion, your long-suffering with us. Mm-hmm. Father, we pray, Lord Jesus, in the name of thanksgiving. Mm. Yes. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we confess our sins, he is faithful, both faithful and just, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. Roberta, as we move into a time of supplication, actually this is a confession as well. We have a a note from one of our listeners who asked for prayer, but he admits that he lived a life full of anger and it cost him his marriage. Uh, Joe writes to us and asks us to pray for him. He says, you probably think I'm crazy, but I'd like to ask you for prayer. I'm 54 years old. I've grown children, a few grandchildren. My wife and I married 27 years, but are now divorcing thanks to me, he said. He said, I know I'm forgiven, but I'd, I'd like for my wife to forgive me as well. So he confesses his sin of anger and asks us that we would uh, lift him up in supplication. Now, Roberta, would you pray for Joe and other listeners who are facing such, uh, such similar needs? 
Father, I, I come to you right now lifting up this, this brother. We don't know each other, and yet we have the same spirit, and we have the same Savior, mm. and I thank you for that. Yes. I would pray for this man right now, Father. Mm. He's been through some troubled times. Mm. I would just pray that your Holy Spirit might continue to show him where he has been wrong. Mm. I, I would pray for this this anger issue. He perhaps has been angry. His wife is perhaps angry. I would pray for this couple right now, Lord Jesus. It, your perfect will would be that they could resolve these issues and come back together as, yes. as one. Very often, anger results as a lack of forgiving, an unforgiving spirit. And I, I would pray that, that both this husband and this wife might go back and take a very close look at what our Lord has to say about forgiveness. God has forgiven us so much. Mm-hmm. And yet, we, even as Christians, tend not to forgive each other. And we remain angry. And forgiveness is the answer. Father, I would pray for Joe right now. I, I would pray that the Holy Spirit might reveal some things to him that perhaps he has never seen with spiritual eyes before. I would pray that the anger would subside. I would pray for his wife that the anger might subside and that they might be able to come together with forgiveness for each other. None of us are perfect, Lord Jesus. And yet you, Father, have forgiven us when we didn't deserve it. Now, might these two forgive each other? I pray for this couple in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Yes. The Lord hears a sincere heart. He hears a sincere confession of sin. And it's our privilege to pray for each other. Michael, there's so many needs represented, not only in this room, but all across this audience. Let's pray uh, for one another. Uh, Lord, we come to you uh, not with empty hands, but we discover that uh, each of us has a hand uh, holding our hand, that we are uh, a family, that we have brothers and sisters, uh, younger and older. And there are so many in our family right now that are hurting. Uh, there are so many who are who are listening right now who are lonely. Mm, yes. uh, we pray, Lord, that you would make them unusually aware of your presence with them mm. uh, right now, that they would know and trust and believe and hope that they could never be alone, uh, not with you in the world, not with Emmanuel having come to us. Mm-hmm. So I pray for those who are lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord, I pray for those who are hurting, uh, their, their physical and spiritual hurts and aches uh, and pains. Uh, it seems like they just won't go away. Uh, and we would, we would uh, pray, Lord, for your uh, calming, healing, soothing spirit to be applied upon the lives of many as we pray. Uh, and in my own life, Lord, I ask that you would uh, encourage my heart because uh, so many times I get weary mm. and begin to lose sight of you and looking at the waves and looking at reality. And I pray, Lord, uh, that you would help us all because we need you. We need each other. We are needy, fragile, broken people. Mm. And uh, again, we just turn to you with gratitude and thanksgiving because you're so good to us mm. in healing and and experiencing the woundedness and the pain with us. Uh, So, Lord, we just come to you with these uh, many needs, and we lay them at your feet. Yes. We're so grateful that, uh, Father, you're not limited by time and space, that you are there to hear our prayers whenever we offer them. And even though our time is limited here, Father, We just want to end our time in prayer about our thanksgiving for what you've done in our lives and what you will do. Mm. We offer these as prayers of thanksgiving, Father. Mm. Gracious Heavenly Father, we we do humbly come before you and 
And God, you are the Father. You are the Jehovah Rophi, God the healer. As my brother in prayer has said, spiritual and physical needs and healing, we need extreme help from you, Lord, through the Holy Spirit that can reach us to another level of a spiritual healing. And we know that through the spiritual healing, the mental and physical healings kind of take care of themselves. So we just ask, Lord, that you touch the people that are needy. We touch the relationships, touch the marriages that need help. Let the brothers and sisters that are out there, Lord, really come to know you. Give themselves absolutely, totally to you, Lord. Let, let them walk in your light. Touch them now. Be with them. Heal them. Give them strength and courage and patience and the understanding of who you really are. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we count it a blessing that you, the eternal God, in all of your greatness, the magnitude of the immensity of yourself as a person, would take time and have a listening ear for our cries to you here on earth. With the many, many millions praying at the same time throughout the earth, and you're dealing with those who are crying and in aches and pains, yet, Lord, we can take time and know that our prayers are not mixed up. Know that we individually are your precious darling child, your precious daughter, your precious sons. And Father, it amazes us that Jesus is not ashamed to call us brethren, according to Hebrews 2.11. And then he tells that we obey him, we are, we are his brothers and his sisters. Lord, what an honor, what a dignity, what a royalty we have. And I think one day we can see, Lord Jesus, you face to face in your kingdom before your throne, saying hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And Father, to think you would come all the way into our universe, into our solar system, into our galaxy, to tell us, listen to my son, that you didn't send an angel, you did not send him, you came yourself to talk to us. And then when the apostles were on the mount, you talked them in a cloud. You came in a cloud that close. Father, what are we that we would have the eternal God of eternity to come to us? Father, we are humbled to think that the eternal God would come to us personally. And Father, we thank thee for this time together in your presence. We, your children, you, our eternal Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, you, our Redeemer, you, our Reconciler, we thank you so much for allowing us to be in your presence, accepted and desired. What a joy to know that we are, we are, you, you wait for us to come to you. Oh, God, May we not be slow in coming consciously to you in worship, in communion, in prayer, and in thanksgiving. Father, in your holy presence, Lord Jesus, in your magnificent, wonderful name, Spirit of God, in your prompting us, we thank you and we say hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us for this incredible time of prayer here in the studio with Michael Card and friends. And we'll close with a song from Michael here in just a moment. It's our prayer that today's studio session has prepared you for the coming celebration of the National Day of Prayer on Thursday, May 1st. We invite you to get in touch with us and let us know what you think of today's broadcast. You can send your comments, Bible questions, and prayer requests to inthestudio at michaelcard.com. And more information about this program can be easily found on the web at www.michaelcard.com. Now, if you'd like to go back and listen again to this broadcast, then go to our radio page for the audio archive. CD copies or printed transcripts of this or any in-the-studio program are also available to order. 
And a complete listing of Michael's music and books can be found online. Just click for all the details when you stop by michaelcard.com. Our program engineer is Kenny Ferris, our producer Joe Carlson. I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for being with us in the studio with Michael Card. And as we close today, this song from Michael called Grace Be With You All. Remember to love one another And do what is pleasing to Him Be strengthened by grace And worship in reverence and awe The God of peace you all. May the great shepherd of the sheep equip you with good things for doing His will. And grace be with you Yesterday